Welcome to this week's podcast. My name is Mickey Badlamenti, discipleship pastor here at Rock Point Community Church. In light of COVID-19, our regularly scheduled 9 and 11 a.m. Sunday services are currently suspended. During this time, we will live stream our 11 a.m. Sunday morning service and plan to offer other online connection points throughout the week. You can find us on Facebook or visit www.rockpoint.org for more information, including important schedule updates. Jeff Brown, our family life pastor. And before we get into worship and into the Word today, we just wanted to kind of um, have a little conversation of what has been taking place. We can't go into all of it. There has been so much that you as the church have been doing during this season and so many stories um, that some of those maybe we'll be able to share when we're all gathered together. We wanted to update you on a little bit of it. To start with, um, the Zoom prayer we started last week was pretty positive. Can you give us some updates and also what else might need to be done about that, Mick? Yeah, sure. Um, It was great to see people turn out for online prayer. I mean, that's not always an easy medium, right, to connect through a screen. But we had one person that reported back and said that it was very personal feeling. Um, I want to make it clear because I know when we think of Zoom, we think of a bunch of faces on a screen where we're all communicating and we're thinking of prayer that way. That is not what's happening here. We have an ability to do this where when you call in, we're going to put you in touch with a prayer team member one-on-one. It's a one-on-one video conference, so there's no other people involved. And the prayer people have really been taking great uh, steps to make sure that it's private. You know, They're making sure they're secluded. They're wearing headphones and other things like that to just kind of guard the conversation. So it was really good last week. We had a lot of people dialing in. We're going to have uh, the information again this week. So right after service, our prayer team will be available. Jump on with them um, and, uh, and lift things up in prayer, whether for yourself, something else you know about you want to lift up. Could be good. And part of our purpose today is to give those of you who've never been maybe worshiping with us in person a little bit of a snapshot of the community in part. And uh, one of those things is just that. We would, after a service have people that would come to the front of the sanctuary and be available for prayer for anyone that wants to come and engage them after the service um, in a very personal element of prayer. And so it was Mickey's idea that we could do this still in a virtual sense, uh, and so that's what we're trying to incorporate. But that's also part of our regular worship uh, approach. Are there some other things that you were saying earlier that you want to share too as far as just personal stuff? Well, yeah, I mean, it's just in general, just the encouragement and just inspiration, honestly. There's been so many things. I know we know Jeff's got some to share too, but there's so many things that warm your hearts to see lately, you know, Uh, a couple things that popped in my mind, just even beyond the prayer and the uh, team members jumping in with the daily journey videos. I mean, they've been great on that, such great perspectives and opportunities to grow. Keep it coming, guys. It's been awesome. I have Um, really enjoyed the devotionals and seeing the different voices in the community coming out in the devotional. That's been cool. It's been really good. But then there's personal stories, you know, that you hear, Randy, like um, the other week, and you might have even shared or alluded to this at one point, but, you know, having a single parent, call in, working a couple jobs, and then saying, you know, hey, uh, I'm working a couple jobs, I got a little bit extra money, um, how can I help? And wanting to offer some of that to others. Or I even think of somebody who right in the midst of them, uh, there was an extended family member that passed in their family. But right in the midst of that, all, their whole focus, every time you talk to them, it was for somebody else in the community who had lost somebody, and they were trying to support them and, and find ways that that support could come in. So it's like this idea of people in the midst of their own need you know, just reaching out to others and supporting them has just been, it just stops you short. And the uh, um, uh, pantry, the the number of people that are being fed, and numerous stories about that, about how people have just, um, their experience and the emotion at just 
participating as a community, whether they've been serving or receiving. And I know, Jeff, you had one experience with that, too, with one of our, our members who had come in for receiving, but walk us through that real quick. Yeah, actually, it was uh, a friend of mine had come in to utilize the pantry, and she hadn't utilized it in the past. And, and I could tell um, she had been crying. And I, I just asked her, you know, everything okay? And she goes, I, I just can't tell you what happened. The, the minute I drove into the parking lot at church, I just got emotional because I missed my family. I missed mm -hmm. my home. And she just crossed um, from the street into it and just broke down. And uh, I think that sentiment, uh, and we, we've all heard of people talking about it, is they, they miss their church family and they miss their home. And there's something about collectively gathering right. um, that uh, it, it was, uh, to me, it was just a reminder of, to tell you the truth, I'm feeling that same way. Now, Jeff had an experience, and sometimes I, I, I lose track of that a bit because we have been here, uh, but just a handful of us have. Um, but Jeff had another experience uh, <laughs> that he shared with me over the last couple of weeks. Um, he was attempting to encourage, I think, one of our medical personnel. Yes, by one text. of our nurses, yes. And so it's what I refer to as his imaginary friend, but I'll let him explain that. <laughs> I like to prefer it as my accidental friend. Imaginary okay, friend better. sounds like, you know, yeah. I've got something going on. So, um, <laughs> but uh, no, I, you're, you're right. I meant to text one of our nurses and just encourage her through it. And she was working with a lot of COVID 19 patients. And uh, in doing so, I transcribed some of the numbers and, and mixed them up a little bit. And I got a response from somebody who said, you know, and, and I left it with, you know, praying for you. And, and she said, uh, um, hey, this is the wrong number. And I don't know who you are, but thanks, because I'm going through a lot of stuff right now, in a sense. Right. And uh, in doing so, um, we've been responding over the past three or four weeks or so. And um, just touching back, how are you doing? And uh, come to find out, you know, it, she didn't know that I was a pastor, didn't know that um, this was our church. But uh, in doing so, um, got to know her name and... Um, it's been a church that her mom has wanted her to come to for a long time. <laughs> and so, so here we have, we've developed this relationship. I can't wait to meet you in person live. <laughs> <laughs> now, there's been a few other things in this past week. I don't know if you guys want to touch on them, uh, um, uh, which one of you would do or both of them. But I know there was experiences with some drive-bys of, of, of a positive nature. So <laughs> It does sound very negative. I know, I know. <laughs> so whichever you guys... Well, um, I have to be a part of, of a couple of these so far, but one was uh, Thursday night, and one of our, uh, one of our uh, friends here finished her last day of chemo after a year. And just the amount of, of response of folks, and for those, um, if you, you've had chemo, when it's your last day, it's a big celebration. Right. So you have your friends and your family come by, and, and they celebrate with you, and there's a bell that they ring, and they, they, it's a big deal. And, well, unfortunately, you're not allowed to really do that now. Um, but in doing so, uh, a bunch of, of friends gathered, a couple of our, our home groups gathered, and all drove by our house and made a bunch of noise and uh, uh, just told her how much we loved her. And uh, it was just a really cool sight to see. And then there was a, a birthday that got celebrated kind of special. One of our uh, people who's been a, a leader here in the community uh, talked that one real, real quick through. Yeah, well, I mean, she was getting uh, some texts earlier on from people who were out of the area and, uh, and responding to those, probably thinking that was it. And then uh, next thing she knows, she's got people showing up at her door at, a, of course, a social distance. Um, but uh, just, yeah, know, all this was done with social and, distancing. Yeah. All this was done legally and proper, just yeah. so we're clear. Yeah, we were throwing cake and everything. No. Yeah. <laughs> but no, it was really just, you know. And the fire taken, department showed up, Yeah, which yeah. was nice. Yeah, I was surprised at that. You, how did that happen? Yeah. 
I don't know how did. Well, that actually, it was it was uh, we were in line waiting. Uh, let's be clear: the fire department didn't show up to correct <laughs> yes. anything. Not or, from the no, candles no, on no, the no, cake or, or anything like that. Out. They they showed to participate. <laughs> That's right. Well, actually, they were leaving from something else, and um, uh, one of my friends behind me reached out because the the fire de uh, department truck stopped and said, what are you guys doing? I said, well, we want to celebrate somebody's birthday. And uh, one of my friends that was in the car behind us said, you want to join us? And, <laughs> and all the guys like, sure. And it was actually like the full truck and everything full else. Full truck right? and everything, horns. And oh, yeah, it was great. Because when you first told me, I thought it was maybe some guy in a car that thought he'd pull over. But then I realized <laughs> the whole sirens, the horns, oh, yeah, the whole was, deal. Yeah. Um, there's a lot more that we could share. We're not going to take time for that. We're going to continue on with what else we have here. But I want to be clear again, um, for those of you that don't notice, we're not performers. And this is not a television show. Um, these are pastors we're in relationship with one another and have been for, in many cases, now decades. And we're part of a church fellowship uh, here on uh, Sterling Heights. And we're going to talk a little bit about what that means. But the most important thing I think right now for you to understand as a congregation is that we're now going to gather and worship. And that you don't just sit back and observe, but that you participate and later in this gathering, we're also going to take of communion. We're going to talk about that as well. So right now, Father, we pray that you administer your grace through this gathering and through this time, scattered and dispersed as we are. We come before you together united in worship. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Normally at this time in our gathering, we would have a time of greeting and um, people would welcome one another with hugs and handshakes and exchange of names. Uh, something that we probably will not be doing in person for quite some time, and even in person will probably be somewhat different. Um, at another point in time after that, we would take offering. And when we receive offering, we would say something like, if you're here for the first time, we don't expect you to participate in the offering at all. Um, if you don't have a relationship with God, you don't understand what this is about. But for those of us, this is a time of worship and an expression of worship in, in going beyond just the fruit of our lips or the worship of our lips to something more tangible. Um, and so that's all of what would be part of this right now. Um, as we transition into the word today here, um, we want to take a moment here and we'll just stop for a second here. And we're going to um, recognize, though, that many of you are dealing with a lot of complex situations. You're trying to work from home. You're trying to manage the household. You're trying to manage hygiene and all these things. But I think the thing that's been the, the most difficult thing that we've heard about is those of you who have had to school or educate your children or help them with that during this time and the challenge of trying to manage children and their education at the same time as you have other responsibilities. And so as our time of, of welcome here today, we're going to recognize that with this brief video clip. So as some of you guys might know, I'm a music teacher, and I found that one of the best ways that I can process the whole transition to online learning and teaching is to write a song. So I wrote a song. I'd like to share that with you guys now. Here we go. I'm sorry, I actually forgot. I was supposed to warn you uh, in case you had a faint heart or anything else, but uh, hopefully you caught the gist of that a bit. Um, one or two other things, because this is going to be a fairly uh, lighthearted session here, in part at least today. Um, uh, I've mentioned at the beginning of our time together that the cat jokes were off the list, um, but 
there's changes in how we're able to interact again, and I think as part of that, that's kind of something that should return. I've had several people send things to me. Um, one of them sent me uh, what appeared to be a, a dog and a cat doing editorials upon our quarantine situation. So I'll let you read this if we have that screen real quick. Why not work from home forever, says the dog. And then the cat says, America needs to get back to work right away. You don't need to read the rest of the article. Um, I had someone else send something to me that said this. All of our dogs think we quit our jobs to spend more time with them. All of our cats think we got fired for being the loser they always knew we were. Um, I will leave that alone at this point in time, and the cat and dog situation continues to tear itself apart here. Um, I want to talk to you in a little bit of time that we have here today on gathering together. We've said over the season of time that we are not closed as a church. We are simply not convening on location. Interestingly enough, uh, a study that was done just recently in April here had by national study saying that 50% Um, or the highest thing that was of concern is that people should be allowed to gather together, um, at least in small groups, at someone's home. And so the idea of being able to gather together in small groups, that was the number one thing that they said should happen right away. The next thing, before stores, before bars and restaurants, before schools, the next thing after that was that churches and other gatherings of a religious nature, spiritual nature, should be permitted. And so right after the gathering of small groups, was the idea of the church coming back together again. And um, I've heard this sentence a number of different times. I've even said it, and it's true, that the church is not a building, it's the people. And that is true. While the statement is biblically correct, it's often used incorrectly to minimize the importance of worship attendance, of gathering together. Um, The church gathers together So in many ways, it can be scattered to do what's supposed to be done. Whether it's in a traditional worship gathering such as we have here, or a warehouse, or a storefront, or even a home, or under a tree, it's still very important that the church somehow gathers together. And so this idea of gathering together is what I want to kind of take apart here a bit today for you. Um, We have had a number of us who have referenced the longing to be back in fellowship with one another. In fact, I would say probably though that there are two groups that are listening to this right now or engaged. One group is longing and cannot wait for the moment when we can come together and hold hands and and worship together. There's another grouping of us though that are beginning to form habits or have already formed habits or maybe we're tuning in because we've never actually been part of a church and we're actually quite comfortable with the idea of staying at home, sitting in our underwear, uh, doing whatever we want to do, and, and, and just tying in in this way. And there's a part of us that can lapse into that process going forward. I think it's important that we gather together, if nothing else, for context. Um, perhaps some of you were aware of the, the Good Morning America segment where the guy was giving his report or whatever it was, but it became obvious as the report continued on and everyone in the nation commented on it that he, he had a, a, a jacket and shirt on, but he either had shorts or underwear on and nothing below that, and the camera revealed that. Um, when we're together with one another, it provides context for relationships. It gives us an understanding of of who we are beyond just what you're seeing right now in this moment of time without being aware of all the rest of what's taking place here. There was a movie years ago, uh, Bruce Willis was in, called Surrogates. 
And it was a future world where, where people had become so disengaged from reality that they had these android-like bodies that did everything for them, and they stayed at home and were jacked into it electronically. And at one point in time, he's forced by the, by the destruction of his surrogate, his android, to actually physically engage in the world again. And, and what it was like bumping into things again, being vulnerable, being uh, engaged in reality. And at the end of the movie, all the surrogates are ultimately destroyed and people have to stumble out of their houses and, and know what it's like to be able to re-engage in the real world. In a way, we're living that out right now as we are in our homes, in our, our, our places of sheltering, and we're engaged by Zoom, we're engaged by a computer, we have all the different technologies and ways we have. But there's no touch. There's no context. There's no gathering together in a broader sense. If you go into the Scripture, over and over again, you see Jesus touching people. And, and healing them by a touch. When we were involved in one nation that was part of the Iron Curtain situation years back, we were involved in the orphanages there and found so many of the orphans that were emotionally damaged because while they had had their physical needs met, uh, nobody picked them up and cuddled them or cradled them or held them. Other than changing them or feeding them, they had no human contact because of the shortage of personnel and the restrictions of finances and everything else. And there was a lot of emotional damage that came with these young people. We were made to have contact with one another. We were made to have engagement. God himself, we've said in the past, posted, if you will, for generations about himself or in communication with his people through the prophets and through the scriptures. But at one point in time, he comes face to face. He comes in the flesh, in the person of Jesus Christ to walk amongst us, the term Emmanuel, God with us. Because when there's that face to face contact, then there is a context and understanding that goes beyond even just what's being said. If we don't gather together, how does Romans 3.18 even mean anything that we're supposed to love one another? Or Romans 12.10 about honoring one another. Or Galatians 5.13 about serving one another. We can do that a little bit by what the guys just shared here earlier, the drive-bys and, and uh, that type of a thing. But there's a limit of contact. And we found even people that were in that, doing that, were caught up with emotion just seeing each other. The tragedy of being in a, a, a funeral setting where no one can touch one another or hold one another. You can see the longing for it, the, the, the desire for it. As I stood in the front yard of one of our people who had lost their husband and, and, and they're on the, the porch and just the desire on both of our cars to have some kind of comforting contact and yet realizing that that's not possible in this situation in the time. There's something that is only met when we actually gather together as a people. This is, I think, why we read in the Psalms, and the psalmist says in the 95th chapter, come, let us, not let me, let us sing for joy to the Lord. Let us shout aloud to the rock of our salvation. Let us come before him with thanksgiving and extol him with music and song. There's something about having us gather together in worship that makes a, a big difference in it. 
I've seen how people have scattered in homes and trying to bring in their worship gathering, and there's nothing wrong with that, but there's something about about having them in the same place and location, social distanced, being careful about it, all that is being done with wisdom. I can sing, holy, 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 Lord God Almighty, early in the morning, you know, but the song is, our praise will raise to you. But there's something about having a multitude of voices. And when I've been in the gathering here, people, and hearing these voices all together, hundreds, maybe thousands of voices singing, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. There's something about hearing that, that, that brings a chill. There's something profound about that type of a gathering. We gather because number one, it shadows eternity. We're told in Revelations that every tongue, every tribe, every nation will gather together. And so we're going to be through eternity gathered together. No one's going to be worshiping on their own under a tree somewhere. We're going to be gathered together for eternity. I, I, for some of us, that's going to be a bit of a bummer, okay? But by that time, we're going to be past a lot of the petty issues that divide us. And we'll be gathered together in worship for eternity. So what we do now, to some degree, mirrors or shadows what's going to be taking place for eternity. The second reason we can gather is because when we gather, there's something of a supernatural encouragement in worship. Private worship is important. You need to have your own private prayer life. You need to have those moments when the Scripture says you go into your prayer closet and close the door or those things that you do in secret as an act of worship before God. That's an important issue. But there's also this, this thing about gathering together in worship together that something supernatural happens in that point in time. Faith was designed by God to be communal, to be part of a community where we gather. And this has been known for centuries. If you go throughout Europe, you'll find in all the towns there, the church is in the center of the town. In the center square usually would be the church. It was the center of life in Europe because it was recognized that you came together and you gathered. Now it's interesting in one of those places I was at recently in Prague, the church, this grand old church had had a facade of stores put in front of it that screened it off from the central square, the old town square in Prague. And there's different stories as to why that happened. One was that the communists were trying to obscure Christianity. I'm not sure what the, the truth of the matter is. I do know this, that while it screened it off from direct access to the center town square where it had stood for centuries, the church still rose above that. You could see the spires and you could see the, the abutments and everything uh, um, um, rising way above the stores that, there were, that you could still see the church even though there had been an attempt to push it outside of the, the town square. And within our country, there's been a very avid attempt to minimize public worship. Your worship is private. Keep it to yourself, but don't let it shape your mind or your thinking or your actions. Don't let it enter into the public square. So in our country, we have shoved that off. And in this season of time, we could shove the idea of, of gathering together as something that is completely unnecessary. We can Netflix our, our favorite speaker now. We could binge watch the whole season of Rock Point if we wanted to, um, or some other church or some other place. And so we wrap ourselves within the cocoon of our homes and only our surrogates go out and engage, but there's no physical contact, there's no spiritual dynamic. 
We do it because not only does it shadow eternity, where every tribe and tongue and nation will gather, but because there's something supernatural that happens when we're gathered together. Psalm 84, the psalmist talks about his longing and says, How lovely is your dwelling place, Lord Almighty. My soul yearns, even faints, for the courts of the Lord. And my heart and my flesh cry out for the living God. Now to be fair, this was talking specifically really about the temple experience where the literal presence of God was. And the church building is no longer the temple. But we are told that, that there is something supernatural about people coming together. In Matthew chapter 18, verse 20, it says, Wherever two or three gather in my name, there I am with them. That there's still something about when we gather, us being now the temple of the Holy Spirit, uh, the temple of God within our own lives, that when we gather, there's something supernatural about us gathering in worship or in prayer. And I know some of you identify with that passage in Psalms. Your heart longs to be together again. And I'm not trying to tease you with this conversation right now. It very well might be a month yet before we're able to gather on location and convene. It very well might be a year before we're able to convene in the way that we are used to in, in close fellowship with everyone at one time. We're, we're still having to wait and see what these details are going to be and we're trying to respect the government and, and what's being done there. But there's those of us that long for this, and, and I want to encourage you that there'll be a time when we will gather together. And for those of you who are slipping into the pattern of, of wanting to just maybe just deal with this electronically and be a surrogate from this point forward, I want to challenge you in that thinking. The scripture says, come let us sing for joy together before the Lord, that I long for the courts of the Lord. My heart and my flesh cry out. In Psalm 84, it says, better is one day in your courts than a thousand elsewhere. It says, I'd rather be a doorkeeper in the house of my God than dwell in the tents of the wicked. And this passage has always meant a lot to me because my father would always, in the small church that he would have pastored years back, would have always stood at the door at the end of the service, shook hands with every single person going out. And so I always thought of him as just that doorkeeper, even though he was the pastor of the church. Something that, that I, I would love to do, but with multiple entrances and as many people, it's not been as easy an issue to do. But this idea of, of longing just to be simply gathered. Maybe we sit here and say, well, I don't have any major role like uh, an elder or a trustee or a teacher or a musician or something else. He says, I'd just rather be a doorkeeper. The psalmist says, I just anything, any role at all that just lets me gather in the place where worship is happening that will shadow eternity and where, where there's something supernatural that occurs just by us coming together when those are gathered in. We're reminded in Acts chapter 2 that the day of Pentecost comes and it says they were all together in one place. They weren't scattered. They had gathered together. And it's out of that gathering that the Holy Spirit makes himself known in that moment of time with tongues of fire and the speaking of tongues that changes the entire world because from that moment on the church is formed. And, and there's a supernatural gathering and someone like Peter, he, he's a raw fisherman, but he steps out to speak and everyone who thinks he's drunk instead hears his words and it says 3,000 people were added to the church that day. And he continued in fellowship with one another and gathering. There's something that happens when we are gathered together that goes way beyond just two or three people gathering. Hebrews chapter 10 challenges us. It says, not giving up meeting together 
as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another. We don't give it up, but we, we gather together. Now, there's been a debate that's gone in the country here about you know, not convening during this season, and there's been several pastors who um, have decided that they are going to continue to gather despite the danger that is, and they want to cite passages like this, or they want to uh, talk about amendment and rights and everything else. I'll be blunt, I think they're foolish in what they're doing. Our first commandment is to love one another, to love God, and then to love one another. And by social distancing, by doing the things we're doing now, we are loving one another. And by the steps we'll do in the next season of time, we're going to do that so that we can love one another the best way that we can, as well as respecting the authorities around us. I, I would caution you against conspiracy theories and getting caught up with all the things that can distract us. We are still the church, and the church is still open. We are just not convening for this moment physically. We are convening in the forms we are now, and this is a second best issue. It's not meant to replace. It's for a season of time, but there's wisdom with that. For some reason, and this is a sidetrack I'll take for a second, Christians seem particularly prone to conspiracy theories. And I, I would just say, please be cautious. We're supposed to be people of truth and not caught up with these things and distracted. When I'm reminded about some of this, I, I, I'm reminded of a, of a story I heard years ago. Um, and it was a conversation about, uh, after a speech, which described how the earth revolves around the sun. And at the end of the speech, this elderly lady stands up and she said, what you've told us is rubbish. The world is really a flat plate supported on the back of a giant tortoise. And the scientist then smugly asked, you know, what is the tortoise standing on? You're very clever, young man, very clever, the old lady said, but it's turtles all the way down. And she thought by saying that that she's finished the argument. Be thoughtful in this season. Don't get caught up with theories that don't have water. And when you do see they don't have water, don't keep arguing that it's turtles all the way down. Accept the fact that you were wrong and move on. We're not convening because we want to love one another properly and take care of one another. And even those of us that have gathered here do so with social distancing and we're careful about that. But we are still open as a church. We still operate as the church. It isn't things in proximity, or in some cases, those of us that aren't physically related, it's not even blood that holds us together. What, what makes truly a family in this context and a congregation is love and is loyalty. And that love and that loyalty I have seen in this season of time I've seen you giving financially above and beyond what you are capable at times to help others or to be obedient to God. I've seen you weep over the idea of not gathering or weep at just the idea of seeing one another, having contact with one another. You as a congregation are still gathering. And I'll take a personal moment here just for the second. I've had several people offer to me pictures. I think it started in Italy where a priest had everyone send in pictures of the congregation and they'd post them in the different spots and therefore encouraging the priest. Later, I've seen it in other churches in the States. And I thought when I first saw that 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 was really clever and cute. 
But I will tell you that I don't need that personally because I see you still. And during the worship, I've walked through the sanctuary in different places. And Greg, me, just so you know, I sat in your seat, just so you know. Yes, I know you complained about that before, but this time someone did it. But I see, you know, Dave and Julie, Marsha and David and Katrina, Sean, Julie and Jason Jones and the Walmers and the Smiths who'd be sitting over here, the Froelich sisters who'd gather here with their gang. I can go practically row by row and see those of you that hide in the balcony, those of you like Debbie Saborski and her family that'd be over in the gallery there, Merle and Ann Lowry, Heather. I see you as a people still. And there'll be a time when we will gather together physically in these places. And until that time, God sees each one of you where you're at. Those of you that are sequestered with your family to the point that they're driving you crazy right now. And you're wanting to get out. Those of you that are isolated and alone because you have no family that's there with you. We are still the church, scattered but we will one day soon be the church gathered together again. And this morning, we're going to take of communion together. Now, one person sent me a picture of communion, and it's made the rounds of of a virtual communion. You know, Jesus is there, but all the disciples are kind of checking in at different points. There is no virtual Last Supper. There wasn't. It was in person for a reason. And in that first communion even, they gathered together. And um, there's something about that that captures me and that I want to touch on just quickly here because around 73 or so AD, the Jews were scattered from their country. They were destroyed by Rome, scattered as a nation. The dispersal was referred to as the the diaspora. And so for 2,000 years, they were scattered. And whenever they would approach them, the Seder Seder meal, which was the Passover meal that Jesus made clear the real purpose of was this communion that we practice now. This discussion about coming out of Egypt and becoming a nation. For generation upon generation, the Jews scattered around the world would close off the Passover meal And the very traditional words of it are, next year in Jerusalem. And it was emotionally significant for them because it talked about the reminder of the suffering of the past and even the present they had. But it had hopes for wholeness and for freedom of all of them in the future to be gathered together again in Jerusalem, to be gathered as a nation, to be gathered as a people worshiping together. So today we do this scattered as we are. But there'll be a time when we'll be gathered together again. 3 John chapter 13, the writer says, I have much to write to you, but I do not want to do so with pen and ink. I have much to write to you, but I do not want to do so with email and Zoom. I hope to see you soon, to see you soon. And we will talk face to face. I want to see you soon. We'll talk face to face because this is how the church operates. The Jews did not forget who they were, but they also did not stop longing 
to be together again. Before we take of communion today, I want to read to you something I just came across recently, if you'll indulge me for just a second or two. It's a paper that I wrote for one of my classes, what would have been now almost 30 years ago. The title of it was The Quest for Intimacy, A Theology of Genesis. I won't bore you with all of that. I just want to read to you the last page. The strongest, most satisfying relationships are those where two individuals have gone through, quote, the tunnel of chaos together. In other words, where two people or more have shared or support each other through difficulty, trial, confrontation, have supported and shared with each other through difficulty, trial, confrontation, and have stayed committed to one another. Despite the fall, the flood, murder and mayhem from the Garden of Eden to the land of Egypt, Babel where no man heard God, to Joseph who shared his very dreams with his creator, God was there, quote, with them in the midst of it all. And while the road may still stretch before us, there is at least a light that is not only at the end of our, quote, tunnel, unquote, but is also present with us as we walk it. Emmanuel, God with us. God himself came forth from his secret place and offered himself in fellowship. And I closed 30 years ago with this line. One of the questions that this poses for us today is whether we will partner with God in his continuing quest for intimacies, intimacy as did the patriarchs or choose to walk the tunnel of chaos in solitude. We as a church have always gathered in this season of time We have not convened, but we have never closed or stopped our fellowship. When we gather again in, purpose, in person, we will do so because it shadows and foretells eternity. We'll do so because there are supernatural things that happen when two or three are gathered together and when there's a multitude that are in worship together. And we will gather together and we will take of communion that was meant to be done in person, not virtually. Until that time, we will continue to walk through the tunnel of chaos together. As brothers and sisters scattered only to be gathered together again at some point in time. And with Christ, through his Holy Spirit, present with us. Our communion is an open communion. You don't need to be a member of this church to take of it. The only thing we ask is that you'd hold the bread and the cup and we'll take of it together. And so as we do this, remember the community that you're part of. Remember how they long to fellowship together and let that longing continue and build in you until such time as it will be fully realized as we gather together. Until that time, let God's Holy Spirit link us household to household, heart to heart, mind to mind, spirit to spirit. Let that hunger build. And let God, by His grace, in part at least, satisfy that today as we gather, scattered as we are. This is a time for you to 
to prepare yourself and to reflect on what it means to be community, what it means to serve God, what it means for sinful man to encounter holy God. Father, as we stop here to prepare our hearts and our minds, let us be appreciative, Lord, for your sacrifice. Let us accept your grace anew, and if we need to repent, let us repent again in this moment of time. Let us also, Lord God, realize the beauty of the community that we have, scattered as we are, and yet let us long again, even as the Jews did of years past, to become once again in one place in one time and lift up your name. We long for you, God. We long for you. We long to be with one another, but only so that we can worship you together. Minister by your grace. Connect us by your spirit in this moment, we pray. In Jesus' name. So the Jewish nation, after they were scattered, generation upon generation would close the Passover meal, the communion time here, by saying next year in Jerusalem that some their longing to be together and worship before their God again. And so maybe next month in Sterling Heights, or maybe the next month after that, but at some point in time, we will gather together and, and I hope you long for that. I hope that you desire that. I hope it burns in your hearts and will rouse you off of your, your, your sofa and out of the electronic medium to join us. Until that time, we walk together while scattered. We walk together as the church. Next week, I want to begin a series entitled Songs in the Night that is in part a study of the book of Psalms. So Songs of the Night, and today I'll just close with this. John writes, I have much to write to you. I have much to say to you. But I do not want to do so with pen and ink, with email and Zoom. I hope to see you soon. And we will talk face to face. Until that time, peace be with you. Lord God, I pray your peace, your comfort, your presence in the middle of whatever chaos is happening, whether it's trying to educate children or handle work or balance the bills or walking in solitude, that you'd be with us, Lord God, until we can come together once again and together to gather and worship you. In Jesus' name peace be with you.